Codex Astartes does not support this Bolt gun! Welcome to another episode of Lore Crimes. Today we are taking a bit of a chaotic turn, as it were, and we're going to be talking about the Black Legion, Abaddon and his merry little band of... I was going to be mean and say failures, but the last thing they did was blow up Cadia, so not complete failures. But so, the Black Legion, the poster boys of the Chaos Space Marines... And, you know, there's uh, there's quite a bit of information about them, so I hope you're all ready to learn. Uh, before we move on, though, I'd like to pass it over to Hal for the question of the week. Hal, what do you, what do you have for us? Well, I've got some stuff that you'll probably be annoyed about, some stuff you'll laugh about, and just general tomfoolery. Uh, thank you, Sandman, for joining us, though, here to listen to these terrible... Terrible I... Warhammer takes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it, man. Uh, we, we all actually met at um, Warhammer Fest, so it's good to have a little reunion for all the boys here. Uh, obviously, you were yep. towering over us, Mr. Six Foot Tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was talking to Colin about this the other day, where <laughs> I. That's like 90% of my um, confidence is being mildly tall. But meeting the war warrior tier guys, that was devastating. They're, so, they're giant people. Yo, they're so yeah. big. <laughs> they're all, they're all so nice as well. Terminator like, statue and we're like, they're not far off. Like They're almost as tall as the Terminator. <laughs> I actually felt, I'm not even that short. Like I'm 5'11", but like, God, I felt tiny compared to all these guys. Oh, that felt drowning. Maybe. Easy, easy there, bud. I'm 5'7". <laughs> yeah, easy there. Well, uh, speaking of something uh, easy, we have some... Um, our question of the week last week was, what was your hashtag Imperial Truth? And there's a few hot takes here. Uh, starting off by The Rude Canadian. That's a bit of a paradox there. Uh, hashtag Imperial Truth. Goj Vandaya was secretly a Sheba Inu with a foot fetish, but was redacted by the Inquisition for unknown reasons. Um, yeah, that's Ooh, um, that's canon. That is ridiculous. I, I, I almost said Doge Vandaya. I can't Shiba. stop saying it. <laughs> What's up, Andy? What is it's the, the first it's, bit? It's, it's Shiba Inu. It's the Doge dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't, don't mind me, old man. Don't uh, get what? memes. What? That meme's from like 12 years ago. It's I know, I didn't know the name of it. Well, uh, speaking of, um, <laughs> there's some old, <laughs> some even older memes here. By, uh, hashtag Imperial Truth by The Wernder. Another Imperial Truth idea. The watchers on the lion's model are named Milk and Cigarettes. As the lion finally <laughs> returned to his son's <laughs> Oh. My man. Finally got the milk and cigs he needed. <laughs> that was, um, oh, classic. Uh, there's another one here. This is straight for Colin here. Hashtag oh, Imperial wonderful. Truth by Neon LF Graves. Uh, we see you as a regular on Lord Crimes. Appreciate you, buddy. Bretonia has a middle class. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God. I, I don't acknowledge it. 
what the Bretonia Haze like, already started. Eating the horses or something like where would that be in the scale of you know Bretonian life? They only have to, they only get stepped on by the noblemen once a day, <laughs> regularly. Speaking That's of um, for speaking of getting steps on, <laughs> funny enough, uh, the last one here oh by uh, Samuel hashtag Imperial Truth. When Horus was stabbed and about to leave this world, the lunar walls were not afraid of pushing and even stepping on civilians. Such was his desperation that they used his sick Primarch bald shiny head as a battering ram. It's <laughs> <laughs> like some Mangron would do if he thought he could get away with it. The uh, the funny part about that, that's actually canon, in a way, like, they were just like, move, and it's just, just slamming. We've got to leave, smash it out of here. Wow. It, it makes me think of, like, there's a reference somewhere in the back of my head where someone used a head. Oh, it's Toy Story where they have Rex, and they're like, use oh, your yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Horus, that's what it is. God, so I'm going to have fun making this clip. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you all for your contributions. I, those are some spicy takes. I think I liked the uh, the milk and cigarettes one, to be honest, quite a lot. So, for the next question of the week, we have... Abaddon is launching a new Black Crusade, but what is his objective? Hashtag Black Crusade. We want him to be wrong, we want them to be funny. I mean, any, make it crazy if you want, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> don't, obviously, try not to... Uh, have too much foul language, but yeah, what is the uh, objective? What, what, what's the uh, Mr. Abby, Abby Daddy doing on his silly goose time on the hashtag Black Crusade? <laughs> we're not going to be discussing uh, the Bretonian middle class today. Today we're talking about the Black Legion, and so I'm going to pass it over to Ed, Mr. The Sandman himself, and he will be uh, taking us on this little journey, shall I say, to learn about the war master, the, the the current war master, and the kind of as I said earlier, like the poster boys of the setting. Uh Samman, take it away. Yeah. Poster boys of the setting is pretty apt, really. There are many foes of the Imperium of Man and the Emperor, but we all know that their true enemy is Chaos, and Chaos's greatest asset is the Black Legion and Abaddon. In fact, it is said that should Abaddon ever side with any any of the Chaos Gods, the Great Game would come to a swift close. And the Black Legion has plagued the Imperium of Man for millennia. This vile faction, bound to the allied forces of Chaos, has left a long and bloody trail of carnage and destruction in their wake. It's led by Ezekiel Abaddon, and they have risen to become one of the Imperium's most formidable adversaries. During the closing days of the Horus Heresy, a time when the traitor legions, having suffered defeat and with their dreams of conquest shattered, they made a desperate retreat with Horus's body. The betrayal by Horus had caused an irreparable rift within the ranks of the traitors and there was no hope for redemption, no chance of healing old wounds. So they retreated into a place where the loyalist forces could no longer catch them, the Eye of Terror. Among these traitors were the fragmented remnants of the Sons of Horus, led by the greatest surviving warlord, Ezekiel Abaddon. 
but Abaddon quickly left his brothers with the vengeful spirit, their greatest flagship. While many of the legions and their primarchs succumbed to the temptations and corrupting influence of the Chaos Gods, Abaddon resisted. Despite the madness and excesses of the warp, he remained steadfast in his desire for vengeance against the Emperor, never forgetting the defeat of Horus and the debt he was owed. It was this burning thirst for revenge that sustained Abaddon over the centuries and eventually drove him to rally the traitor legions for war once more. After the body of Horus was stolen by the Emperor's children, Abaddon returned to his brothers. Fabius Bile had made a clone of the deceased Warmaster, which Abaddon quickly destroyed. At its death, the clone even recognized Abaddon and called it and called Abaddon his son. But Abaddon replied back that he was no son of Horus. Out of his unyielding desire for retribution, the Black Legion was then born. In black and gold are his brothers remade. Abaddon gathered the surviving sons of Horus and fashioned them into a force that would dominate countless stars within the eye. Unlike the other legions, Abaddon did not pledge allegiance to any individual god or demon primarch, nor did he abide by any restrictive code or obligation. But one by one he sought their allegiance, and one by one he got it. His sole focus was the annihilation of the Imperium and the completion of Horus's sinister work. But where Horus accepted all of the blessings of the Chaos Gods, Abaddon secretly despises Chaos, but uses it as a tool. Thus he welcomed any warrior willing to swear loyalty to him and him alone, alone in well, all the Chaos Gods, <laughs> alone in the ranks of the Black Legion. The traitor, warlord, the traitor warlords, dressed in their distinctive black and brass armor, committed heinous acts in the name of Abaddon, each adding to his blood-soaked tapestry of death and destruction. These warlords received the favor of Abaddon and the growing might of the Legion. Moreover, they were granted a place in the Black Crusades, blights upon the Imperium. During these crusades, the forces of chaos, led by Abaddon, gathered in strength, and with each crusade they grew in power and accomplished Abaddon's nefarious aims. These culminated in the 13th Black Crusade, where Cadia itself fell, the second strongest planet within the Imperium. This, of course, it's, the it's theorized, unleashed the Great Rift, which has been a boon to chaos and unleashed absolute catastrophe across the Imperium. So for 10,000 years, Abaddon had refined his sinister strategies, relentlessly, relentlessly pursuing his goals. Each attack, each world destroyed, and each army vanquished is but a piece in the grand puzzle of his greater war. The Black Legion, always by his side, descends upon burning worlds and shattered cities, their, ch their chainsaws howling and bolters barking, heralding the coming end times. Their actions cast a shadow of doom upon humanity, the gravest threat of the Imperium, the greatest, the gravest threat that the Imperium faces, re resonating from the Eye of Terror itself. Wherever the black armored warriors of the Black Legion tread, cities crumble and Imperial worlds fall apart. Star systems are purged, disappearing from the void, their citizens slaughtered and slaughtered and their histories obliterated. I'm gonna pass over to I was gonna have a quick question there. Did um sure. when he became uh like the 
poster boy of chaos. Did his top knot get longer? I swear. <laughs> well, like they, they'll have like Game of Thrones Carl Drogo things like you're not allowed to cut your hair until you fail or something like that. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's an old Cthonian thing like that. So it has it has got that mm. kind of idea, and he is very protective of it in the Horus Heresy. I remember. Like I it, mean, it is just it looks hair. bigger. It does look bigger though compared to like his um, like all the art of him in like the Great Crusade, like Horus Heresy. It Ooh. looks like like a reasonable length, whereas like. His model now is like it's like a little reed stick, like still on, like stuck onto his head with super glue. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is hair, Hal. It grows. I know, but it's like, long. The top knot makes a lot of appearances in the range of Warhammer 40k. Like it's not just mm. the Black Legion. You've also got like the white scars. You've got the towel. So it's like it's a very <laughs> popular hairstyle. It seems. It does beg the question, though. For ten thousand years, what has Abaddon used to like condition his luscious locks? Who knows what he found in the Eye of Terror? That was the seventh Black Crusade. He uh, yeah. that was for a special kind of conditioner that was on a, a pleasure mm -hmm. world. That Honestly, it's not far off. I'm pretty sure some of those Black <laughs> Crusades were just like one of them was for a sword, and then one of them was just for like he had a potential rival, and he was like. Oh wait, let me let me just turn this. Let me like the little like. <laughs> and then he went daddies. and invaded the yeah. the hive world of Tiege Henley to get some moisturizers for his <laughs> skin. Like, what is going on, Abaddon? You're being a bit, you know, like I get self care is important, but you've got other things to be doing right now, surely. Now he's uh, to be fair, the hair, the top knot is cool though, but I just it's absurdly long. I'm so sorry. Like I just I can't help but stare at it and think. Is that the height of a, like a single man? Are you length shaming Abaddon, Hal? Let's not let's not put that out on the internet. <laughs> maybe let's not um, let's not have that man who has a go about his height now like short shape or well, length shaming because he's like I'm not as tall as. Uh. King confirms size does matter. <laughs> Official statement of law crimes. You heard it here, folks. Oh no! It, so that um, you're a. Uh, your rendition that reminded me of like with the um you know the intro of like the Dark Crusade game? Um Dawn of War, Dark Crusade. Everyone played uh, Dawn yeah. of War? I that's yeah, like, yeah. I think a lot of your like content kind of reminds you of that. Like I fell in love with Warhammer with that kind of you know, like epic uh, narration. So I appreciate appreciate it. Uh so I actually lot. played a lot of Dawn of War, but I can't remember the intro. Oh, it's the, the um, it's the oh, guy's voice. Of, yeah, he's like the heresy. Like he just like yeah, yeah. it's like really rough of voice, but he just it's like an overarching yeah. timeline thing. Space Marine scream, which is amazing. You know, in my spare time, I've been trying to practice like a Space Marine voice because like I have like quite a deep voice when I use this microphone, but like I the sound Space Marines are very gruff. I can't do that. I just want to do. I just want to do one Space Marine voice or Primark voice. They're interchangeable. I just try to rip off Jonathan Keeble, not Jonathan Keeble. Um, yeah, it's Jonathan Keeble who does. Um, yeah, yeah. I just go like, oh, he. I like his voice. I'll just like emulate that as best I can. <laughs> so I mean, I might be getting sending a, a letter in the post like cease and desist imitating Jonathan Keeble. <laughs> compared to like some of the other people in our uh, Warhammer community, like some of their voices. Oh my lord! Like you know, I thought I thought I had a decent voice as well, and then you hear some of these guys, and you go, "Christ!" Like I just sound like a little baby compared to these like giants of uh, voice narration. 
uh, no, but that's yeah. Essentially, that's my long-winded way of saying Abdon's got a very long top knot. <laughs> Wondering how it grew so big. Well, if if that's uh, all we'd like to interject for now, then uh, I can begin the expert section. Section, unless anyone else has anything else to offer. I was just say that was probably one of the most uh, serious and like well well put. Uh, intros and like description of the black legion and abaddon in particular uh usually whenever i hear anyone talk about them they're making fun of them so yeah this is the thing i'm one of the few people that actually likes abaddon as a character mm. um you'll find out why later on i think I've, I've got a list of like i don't know 20 or so of my favorite facts of the black legion and, and abaddon but i i feel like he gets a lot of shit sorry can i swear yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's such a... No, I'm joking. Um, but I actually really like him as a character. I think he's phenomenally interesting. And I thought I know, ADB's writing is um, his versions of Chaos. Like, some people like it, some people don't. I really like the way he writes Chaos and, um, like, the Night Lords trilogy as, as well. Oh, but yeah. that kind of using Chaos as a tool idea. And the thing is about Abaddon you would follow him no matter what anybody says about him you would follow abaddon out of you know i'm not saying you wouldn't follow primark but if you were a if you were on the side of the traitors not by your own choice you would follow abaddon abaddon comes up with crazy ideas like hey maybe let's not just kill people because our dad says so and hey maybe we did have a point in terms of siding with the emperor who has like turned on every tool within his arsenal over time maybe that would have been a recipe for disaster um and mm. yeah he is he is I mean, yeah he's also like one of only like a couple of first captains still left like there's corferon there's him that's yeah. about it well yeah there's a lot that they don't like sevatar can't like is is kind of an idea of what happened to him but like a lot of them they haven't confirmed what happened to them so i guess yeah they I don't know why they've been so coy. We with know that. what happened to Sigismund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting with that. There's a couple of first captains still, like Karn's still around, although he's not he's exactly doing captain. many. Yeah. I thought he got turned into the first captain after everyone else got. No, he's uh, the um, he's the Primarch's equerry. Uh... Yeah, he's a weird one, and there's like some canon conflicts with which captain he was, and then. There's like the whole thing where he killed one of the devourers in the fighting pits by accident. They're like, I guess you're a devourer now. And he's like, oh, God's sake. I think Eidolon's still around, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I, but he's yeah. died once already. He's he's cheating. He's too pretty. <laughs> so of all the demon primarchs. Mm. Fair, fair. No, I guess that's well, our questions. <laughs> that's our, that's our <laughs> statements. Well, I, I suppose then um, we'll begin where it all began, funnily enough. Uh, we're going to go through quite a, I wouldn't say too exhaustive uh, history, but we can't talk about the Black Legion without referencing the founding 16th Legion, the Lunar Wolves of Terror. So to start things off, uh, the very beginning of the, uh, the Emperor's expanse into the galaxy started with the unification of Terror. And during the Unification of Terror, obviously, there were 20 legions that were raised up, made from the genetic materials of the Primarchs that were also made by the Emperor, in order to, one, unify Terror, and then expand into the galaxy. The most revered and powerful of all these legions was the Lunar Wolves, and they were, by far, especially before the uh, the return of the Primarchs of the Imperium, 
very well regarded by humanity as a whole. They were experts of shock assaults, they were versatile in their methods of war, and they would earn their namesake from the pacification of the Moon of Luna, where they would be called the Emperor's Wolves or the Lunar Wolves. Uh, it's still regarded, I know I mentioned this I think in our last uh, episode on the Great Crusade, that even to this day, Terrans still refer to the Call of the Wolf as something to be feared since the beginning of their uh, glories as a legion because they were so potent that they would be uh, feared by the populace as the wolves of the emperor. Now, it's also no known by everyone that the first officially discovered Primarch of the Imperium was Horus Lupercal on the world of Cophonia, and as such, that would also bolster the lunar wolves and their pedigree. Um, with the remoulding of the legion in his image, uh, the, the culture within the legion would be as we mentioned with the top knots, modelled after Cophonian gang culture, because Cophonia was this, you know, we've, we mentioned the last one, like, space Chicago. Like, what if Chicago, what if Chicago was a planet, and it was full of crime bosses, and they were like, ah, yeah, what's the matter you? Ah, what's the matter you? Ah, bang, bang. And then, um, I don't know why they're still in the 1950s, but still. And, uh, and, and Colin can obviously attest to, uh, living near Chicago that, uh, He's an expert on, on the, the culture there and uh, basically an honorary Cophonian in his own regard. Hmm. Uh, is that Cophonia. slander or is that like <laughs> a, 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 a nice little... Uh, oh my god, I forgot the damn word. Look, <laughs> a compliment. Look, look, look I've, said every, I've said... I've gone on record plenty of times on this channel and my own making fun of Chicago. I think it I it, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, and and with with the legion, obviously the, all the legions were originally Terran born, but with Cophonia, they draw they drew so many recruits that yeah, gang markings and the trappings of like when you look at these Sons of Horus armor and the Lunar Wolves armor, they have like the interesting masks and the top knots and everything. But that's all based on Cophonian culture. And my favorite thing about this, sorry, can I just say? Yeah, go for that... it. Go for it. When, when obviously these things were designed a long time ago by the writers and stuff at Black Library, but in hindsight, the the factions, the the traitor legions, are no surprise at all. Like all of the <laughs> sons of Horus, like, all the sons of Horus and Night Lords are like literal criminals. The mm. Death Guard, like the Death Guard, like actively hates. Uh, Mortar and I actually hated the Emperor. Like every like my favorite thing is um yeah. the Death Shroud. There's like seven Death Shroud always within forty nine paces of Mortarion or something like that. And it's like, yeah. oh, what do you know? He falls to Nurgle, whose favourite number's seven. Like the, yeah, none of this spare time they're huffing poison. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's it's so bizarre. The the um like he does so much to breed resentment into Perturago. Like it's just yeah, there must have been uh there's, a, there's like a debate when, um, uh, or a conversation between like Malkador and Dawn and the Emperor where they talk about what, what who might turn traitor. And actually there's a really interesting part where, where he is sure of the lion's loyalty, but he's not sure about Gilliman's. Um, like, realistically, the ones that turn traitor must have been very little surprise in hindsight. <laughs> I think even Horace says, like, when they get to the Seed of Terror, he goes, why am I surrounded by the my brothers who are the broken and monsters the, yeah. the broken and the damned not broken and damned that's the missing prime one he calls them like the broken ones which are like so i've got the yeah. worst brothers and he's like i wish ferris is with me and he's like his skull is just like in the corner and it's like yeah that's yikes. from the war master short story isn't it yeah 
he just handled it a few times with Ferris's skill, I like to think. Mm. Well, um... that was a very specific Shakespeare joke for any of your audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I got it. I got it. I knew him. It just makes me sad because I'm an, I like Iron Hand. So every time I think of, I just remember in yeah. the book Fulgrim when, uh, like, they basically tosses his head on the floor, and I'm going, oh, like, I just really like Iron Hand. So it makes me sad. <laughs> so you do have a bit of respect. Yeah, <laughs> just flop. They gouge his eyes out too, and it's like even Horace yeah. when he first sees it goes. He doesn't, he doesn't want to like show it. <laughs> just like the idea of Horace just scrunching his face up, going, "Yeesh." I mean, who would not gag if their like family member's severed head was on the floor in front of them? <laughs> like, who wouldn't? Mm. Relatable. Yeah. Um, continuing on, uh, there's not much left to say about the Lunar Wolves. Really, they were very cunning warriors. With the return of their Primarch, obviously they got even more powerful and more, uh, shall we say, proficient in the arts of war. Because for a long time, I think 20 years, they're the only one of the legions who has a Primarch at the helm. And they find Lehman Russ and the Space Wolves, and then eventually they get more and more Primarchs back. And at this, at, by this point, when the Great Crusade is in full flow... Um, the Lunar Wolves are, by and large, the most revered, respected, and powerful legion. The only the only legion that's a close second is the Ultramarines, and that's because they've got so many worlds with so many recruits, so much vast numbers and armaments. And Gilliman is a master at, um, you know, logistics, so it would make sense that they're the only one who's on the heels of the Lunar Wolves. But even then, they're not quite as, as you know, uh, they're not the exemplars of the legions. And... Was that? Smurf sweep. Ultramarines stay winning. Mm-hmm. We do like a bit of blue. Um, with with the uh, the Great Crusade, all the Primarchs there assemble. You know, Primarchs assemble, and they're all ready, and they're all laying waste to the Eldar, which we all like to see. And uh, they the Eldar slander already. <laughs> and they're, they're claiming worlds like their Pokemon. Like I want that one. I want that one. That's mine. And eventually, um, they're doing such a good job of this that there's a resurgence of a virulent plague across the galaxy known as the Orcs, who are just breeding and... Well, not breeding, they're, they're birthing from spores and they're having a good war or two. And eventually it gets so out of hand because there's, the, the humans are decimating everything that isn't an Orc and the Orcs are fighting each other and getting stronger. And all of a sudden, there's a huge tide of green skins going across the galaxy. And the Emperor goes, we've got to stop this before it gets out of hand. This is the most important stage of the war. And the, 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 final, the final leap to becoming the dominant species in the galaxy is we've got to kill the Orcs. So the Emperor amasses every legion, huge regiments of the Astra Militar, millions of soldiers, thousands of titans. And they start to whittle away the Orcs and push them back unto the final bastion of the, uh, the Orc Empire, which is Ulanor. Uh, one day will be known as Armageddon. And when they get to Ulanor Prime, the Emperor goes, we're going to kill their orc war boss, Erlak Erg. Uh, Horus, bring your lunar wolves, come with me, we'll end this. And during the battle, Ulanor is vast. It's, it's you know, I think the, I think it's mainly the White Scars, Ultramarines, and Sons of Horus that are attacking in and around uh, Ulanor Prime. And the Emperor gets... Uh, busy in the fighting and Horus sees an opportunity to teleport his son uh, well, his then lunar wolves onto the peak of the the orc headquarters i think it's like a big tower a big spire and Horus confronts erlak erg kicks his ass 
throws him off the tower until he splatters on the ground below, which I love as like an imagery. You just, what's that? You know, like that 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 meme of like that person looking up to see a piano before it crashes on top of their head, but it's just a giant orc. Um, yeah, and the orcs he, were never heard of again actually after this fight, right? Mm. That's, yeah. Well, they they were scared when they went. Oh God, our massive guy in charge is now like uh, a Jackson Pollock over here. Oh, run away, run away! And the White Scars and Ultramarines have a great time just cutting them down, whatever's left for a while. And after a while, it's a clear victory. The orcs are routed. The Emperor is really pleased, and he goes, "Okay, I've got to do this Webway Project thing, which we mentioned a bit more of in our Great Crusade Part One episode," and he goes, I need to attend to things on Holy Terror in secret. Horus, you are now the War Master of the Imperium. So he gifts him this title. The uh, 16th Legion are then rechristened as the Sons of Horus, and they adopt. It, it's not instant. They have to... Um, Actually, I think um, the... sorry, a really cool little tidbit, but it's really cool. So in that, um, in the, the final battle on Ulanor, there's a short story that covers um, Horus and the Emperor fighting together. It's as mm. amazing as you'd imagine. And something that's really relevant for today, there's a very uh, clear bit where the Emperor actually saves Abaddon. I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. It's actually kind of like, ah, uh, should have probably let that one get squished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny in hindsight, but um, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. And actually, there, there's a bit where people often debate this, where actually the Emperor looks like he's going to get overwhelmed by the um, always, you know, in hindsight, we need to be like a prime warp type level of power. But um, yeah, there's often a debate in terms of was the Emperor kind of, because Horus then comes to the rescue kind of. Yeah. And there's a debate in terms of was it the Emperor just kind of testing Horus or um, was, yeah, was the, are, are Prime Orcs that powerful? Can they actually kind of threaten the Master I of Mankind? Mean, I wouldn't put it past the Emperor to be like, I'm going to hold back a little so he can prove himself because I've got him in mind as well to, because if you're the Emperor and you're thinking, I've got to do the Webway project, we're nearly done with this. Oh, that's the perfect opportunity to make sure that he's ready. I, w I would assume that's what the Emperor would you do. You forgot yeah. the funniest part of that, which is they get the, the the ground beneath them gets like destroyed, so they're falling. Yeah, and all the custodians just like because they're so loyal to the emperor, they just start jumping off the edge, and yeah. like, some of them even like splatter next to them. But they're just like, my lord, and they just jump. It's like <laughs> it's like almost suicidal, but literally they cannot not defend the emperor. So literally they just mm. jump in like to their deaths because mm. they're like, why not? Yeah, yeah. I think it's much funnier to imagine that this random orc nearly just took out the god emperor of mankind well before anything else could have come. Well, I, I, I've always wondered, I don't know if this is ever actually confirmed anywhere, but there's often a question of um, why did the emperor start when they they did and why, when he did and when um, we have conversations with perpetuals during the siege of terror, there's this idea of the emperor really started to rush towards we get to a certain point and of course there's often an idea that the Emperor had a visions of the threats that would one day assail humanity, like the Tyranids and the Necrons, etc. But I like to think Ulanor was the main driving force, because there is, as we find out in the War of the Beast, if you let an Orkwar get out of control, it's really bad. <laughs> it's really, they are phenomenally powerful. And so I do wonder whether that was completely legit and Orcs are... Um, and it's, it's so yeah. nice because Orcs are... like There's a hilarious... Um, Reddit post someone did once of uh, 
uh, they could keep track of every victory and loss across all the books and orcs do terribly so it would be nice to have some sort of cool orc victory <laughs> although the, the, with what colin was saying about could it best the, the only thing about that is when i think of that orc was bested by horus before he got corrupted and the emperor still managed to kill horus when he was empowered by chaos and he was restraining himself for a while because he didn't want to do it until the very last moment yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like, he could have probably just been like, Psy Wave, splat, there goes that Orc Warlord. I just like to admit, like, it was, the Orc came out, it was, a, it was a cheap shot, it was a Morky Orc. Yeah, it was, he was, he <laughs> was like, a oh, smack, and you're like, where did that come <laughs> from? <just> blindsided. <laughs> hey, it worked with our chaos. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I mean, uh, that is that is what happens when you leave the Orcs alone. <laughs> the, Eldar, the Eldar weren't around to clean them up anymore, so they that guy showed up. And it's the like Imperium that sign, don't leave the ducks, but it's the orcs. It's like, don't fight the, uh, don't leave the orcs alone. Like, don't feed the orcs. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's Ulanor basically done. So the the Primarch of the Sixteenth, Horus Lupercal, doesn't initially like immediately change the name and color scheme of his of his legion to the Sons of Horus. He thinks it's a bit gauche. He's like, I don't want to be seen as this. Oh, look at me, I'm I'm the War Master. Oh, big ups, but. Um, he is, by this point, clearly the first among equals. He is ascended past the stature of all of his brothers, even the ones who might be better suited to the task as Warmaster, like the Lion or Sanguinius or uh, Bobby G or Obute Gilliman, Bobby G. Um, but in the end, this basically, for a few years, the Sons of Horus are, you know, lording it up they're going look at us we're the best legion <laughs> all the legions are pretty cool bro but uh, they're not exactly you know the sons of horus am i right bro <laughs> that's basically you know like all of them um and the uh, just a side note yeah with the whole thing with uh abaddon he was the only member of the justerin to survive the battle with erlak uh, alongside horus i think he's like said to just kind of be buried under a bunch of corpses of the orcs and then he just like staggers out at the end like oh that was tricky um but eventually uh even though the sons of horus are bringing compliances across the worlds and across the galaxy is the the great crusade is you know not running out of steam but it's coming to an end it's nearly over and and the astartes at this point are going i wonder what we'll do when we're not fighting anything oh that'll be interesting oh i don't know maybe i'll pick up pottery um but unfortunately uh the great crusade was not meant to end on a light note uh, because this is when uh, the big cataclysmic event known as the Horus Heresy would begin. Um, during the compliance of the world of, I believe it is Darwin, uh, the Sons of Horus are trying to bring compliance to this world. Long story short, we, we cover this more in the Great Crusade episode again, but long story short, uh, the planetary governor, Eugen Temba, is corrupted by the plague god Nurgle. He's also given the anaphame relic sword from uh, Erebus stolen from the Interrex species, which is another tangent. All you need to know is uh, Horus goes back to Davin to try and bring compliance to this rebellious world that he's just conquered. He gets stabbed with a magic sword and it puts him in a coma and the uh, the elite uh, advisors and captains of the uh, Legion, the Mornaval, including Ezekiel Abaddon, freaking out their dad is wounded he's in a coma they don't know what to do they go to the moon of darwin wait we forgot to say that they coffin dance him past the civilians and ram ram them with his shiny bald head as i a, don't want to use as the comments said horus <laughs> what even though he was asleep um 
so they knock the door open with uh, the big bald chromium dome and uh yeah they, they speak to the davenite priests with erebus in tow uh horus within his kind of warp infused fugue state whatever you want to call it where he's 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 in the warp but he's also dreaming and his spirit is in the warp is it also tied to his body we don't know it's magicy stuff uh he is then shown visions by the chaos gods about the terrible future that's upcoming you know uh a great crusade to electric boogaloo but with more chains and terrible things and he is reborn as the war master of chaos um for the remainder of the uh well from the dawn and the remainder of the horus heresy the, the sons of horus are actually not as forefront as some of the other legions like they're there for istvan free because it's the opening stage where they're betrayed they're, they're they're weeding out the loyalists in their ranks and the other legions that are sided with horus and they're obviously at the siege of terror and they help out in the istvan 5 uh, drop site massacre but the sons of horus are kind of kept back because they are the, the creme de la creme of the legions Horus doesn't want to waste his men doing the mundane stuff that the Iron Warriors can do, essentially. Um, I know there's going to be some copium in the in the comments about, oh, I like Iron Warriors and Emperor's Children, but like, from, from Horus's perspective, he's like, I'm not going to put my men in danger when I can save them for the Siege of, ter siege of terror, terror and that kind of stuff. So uh, I think, really, when you think about like post-Istvan, they're not really that focal for a lot of the stories. Um, they don't fight as many of the other legions kind of squarely... Yeah. They're mostly fighting worlds, but they're actually, again, like they're conquering loads of planets, but they're not. Mm. Like, well, I think from, oh, from like a, a writing point of view, they've obviously had uh, a bunch of books at the start of the Horus Heresy. So during this time, it's the writers focusing on other legions primarily. And we actually skip a lot of, a lot of time without going back to Horus and uh, Horus Heresy if you mm. read it chronologically. I know they've just released that new Cophonia. Is it Cophonia Reckoning or whatever it's called? It's the yeah. one with like the guy with the the big axe on the front and the uh, the Imperial fist. So that would be interesting. I haven't I haven't read that one. Um, but, but long story short, Horus is like I'm keeping my guys like ready to to take holy terror. Um, I know they're harassed a bit by the Shattered Legions, which is quite cool. Like uh, Shadrach, my boy Shadrach Medusin, who's a Chad, but that's not their their intention. They just happen to be attacked by them. And even when the Siege of Terror happens, Horus doesn't really release his Legion until the last moment so that he can be the one who kicks the door down when, you know, the World Eaters and the, the Iron Warriors and Death Guard have already kind of battered the enemy enough that they can just, you know, tre treadmill, uh, treadmill? They can just steamroll over the rest of the defenders of um, the Emperor. So, However... Oh, sorry. So, that, so I, I would do think it's probably actually worth talking about Saturnine here. Because of talking about mm. Abaddon's story, um, have you guys read Saturnine from <laughs> yep. Spoiler? No, I've read I it. Yeah, re very recently. Okay, so yeah, perfect. Well, Saturnine is, is like a gambit that um, Abaddon and Perturabo want to go ahead. There are some tunnels underneath the Imperial Palace, and mm. uh, Dawn finds out about this. But of course, because it's forty k, Perturabo and Abaddon know. Dawn knows about this. And um, they know the Horus won't let them do it. Then it says that Horus did want them to do it. And that's why Perturabo eventually leaves the Siege of Terror. But anyway, ultimately, they send the Justerian. And the Justerian are Abaddon's original kind of company. They are the first company of the um, uh, Sons of Horus. And they are all Terminators. They're, they're the ones that wear black out of the Sons of Horus. And these are, as Andy says, like the best of the best. These are the best warriors of the entire Imperium on traitor forces. 
and to stand against them we get kill teams and it is the coolest scene it's such a cool scene that so many legends of the Horus Heresy form these kill teams and then they stand against the Jesterian. And and, got, like cool, cool signs and stuff like, uh, you, is it, the, is it uh, Endrid Har is something like the Black Hound and then uh, Loken has a fun one. And, they, yeah, they, they, literally go, they go through them and then it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's, it's like that, um, that scene in, uh, in the first Star Wars was like, Red 1 standing by, Red 5 standing yeah, by. It's, yeah. it's, it's like with Astartes. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, there's a bit where Dawn that goes through them, and Dawn then has to leave because Fulgrim, I should say, to allow this to happen, um, this is where the Emperor's children, um, mm. the Emperor's children are very famous in 40k for being cowards because they leave the Siege of Terror. <laughs> this is what basically forces them to do this, where they uh, they attack on the surface. So Dawn has to go and deal with that. So you just get a load of Astartes to deal with this, and um, yeah, the loyalist forces hold them back. Abaddon is very nearly killed by Nathaniel Garrow. He's like one of the mm. only well, Jesterin that makes out. Well, like Endred Har rushes him, and then he kills Endred Har, and then he collapses on him. And he's like, a pre previously he used to be a Thunder Warrior, so he's massive. And Abaddon's like, I can't move. And Garrow's like, I'm gonna stab you. And uh, it's very yeah. funny hearing him like. This is also worm his way out. It's worth mentioning as well, like during this part of the Siege of Terror, Horus is kind of in a one-on-one -on -one psychic slash mental duel with the Emperor, and he's not... Mm. This is, like, kind of the... a much bigger accumulation of the rift between what would be the Sons of Horus and Horus, like, because Horus is kind of not involved in the actual siege. He's, like, fighting on a different plane, so Abaddon even gets a little bit... This is where his, like, resentment has been growing, and mm. he's, like, you know, he's he's a space marine he's having to like deal with the primarchs as like an equal whereas they're like it's are oh, you just a yeah it's abaddon like it's, it's really interesting it's a really so there's a um zadu layak is a word bearer who um doesn't the crimson apostle when lorgar betrays horus and horus beats the shit out of him um lorgar then fucks off and uh zadu layak and a bunch of word bearers do go to terror and zadu layak pretty clearly believes that actually Abaddon will be the chosen war master someday so these things mm -hmm. are all called long before and one of the things that was so interesting for me was when I first read the Black Legion series I thought that Talon of Horus the first book would be the story of Abaddon kind of realizing that Horus was a fool that's a, what mm -hmm. Abaddon says a bunch of times all that kind of thing. Horus was a fool and he, he would realize this but actually by the time we meet Abaddon there's like a little quest to go and find Abaddon He's already realized this, and he's he's very much trying to you know convince his what will become his brothers to actually turn their backs on their fathers where possible. And like the reason for that is because the actual kind of main character development of Abaddon happens in the Horus in the Siege of Terror. and it's it's a pretty big change because when people are critical of Abaddon, the reason they do that is because in the first uh, the main trilogy, which is one of the most popular uh, series of books, the first three novels of the Horus Heresy, Abaddon's a touch whiny. I'll, I'll give you that, but uh, he gets that. The reason for that is because they obviously didn't want they didn't want the Horus Heresy to look like a clear setup for Abaddon. But it's it's really well done in the Siege of Terror where he does get this kind of set up throughout the books and um, him and Perturabo actually kind of realised that they're kind of aligned on how they, they think Horus is um, Horus is actually like a fool and he's being puppeted by chaos. Now, what we actually find out and probably the, the biggest retcon to the Horus heresy has been that Horus is not a puppet and Horus is actually in control of everything and um, Perturabo and Abaddon's scheme of Saturnine which they think they kind of 
uh, did behind Abaddon, uh, Horus's back. It turns out Horus knew about this all along. And um, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how Abaddon's going to reconcile all of that. The, uh, I do... the, oh, the last, the last, the best bit about, I think, or his best scene in the entire Siege of Terror so far was when they were trying to drag him away because he got um, wounded, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Abaddon. And he literally starts to cry because yeah, he's like, he, him away, he enjoys fighting so much. Like yeah. Ab- that's why Abaddon's like the perfect. He's he's not. It's why I think he probably is clearly right. Like the Emperor would discard many of the Space Marines at the end of the Great Crusade because there's no place for soldiers like Abaddon because he's just he he doesn't enjoy peace. He likes fighting. That's why I think in in my opinion there'll never be an end to Abaddon. Like they'll never do an end times in 40k because Abaddon is like I don't really want to win. But that's like a that's yeah. a discussion for later. But yeah, he weeps when they try to drag him away being like you're gonna die here it's like but i like fighting so much and he's like no yeah. let me back in he's like screaming like let me back in let me have a really him. um little funny little bit where like one of them i think he's an iron warrior i'm trying to remember anyway but he he's like under someone trying to make his way into the saturnine tunnels and he gets stuck in the drill but of course as a astarte they're not functionally immortal but they live for a very long time so assumably he just dies of like thousands of years later, just underneath the Imperial Palace. No one knows he's there. Damn, that's <laughs> one way to go. Yeah. You made it all the way to the Siege Ooh. of Terror and he got buried. Yeah, but like, yeah, because yeah, he's a, a star, he also just like can't like just starve to death or anything nice and straightforward. It's going to be like millennia. I mean, um, slightly going back a moment, like another thing I like about Abadar, uh, Abadar, Abaddon during the, uh, the the Siege of Terror books in particular, like I'm just almost done with Echoes of Eternity, and there's like a nice bit where it's a flashback of uh, him and Tarek Torgadon, the captain of the second company of the, the Lunar Wolves at the time, with Sanguinius talking about, oh, he's he's just about to meet his his legion, he's just been found, and Sanguinius has been fighting alongside the the, the Lunar Wolves, and yeah, he's now yeah. kind of learned from them, and they're they're having a bit of banter, and they're like, oh, you'll be a great Primarch, we know you'll do, and it's like it's interesting seeing. Abaddon yeah. interact with a lot of the big heavy heavy hitting players in the series and even with like what you said about Perturabo when he he realizes oh I think Perturabo used me and I thought I was on his level and I thought we were friends but no actually Perturabo was just using me and then he's obviously got the alliance and the newer books and you're like oh, okay like yeah. he he learns from his mistakes and he also interacts with the biggest most powerful characters in the setting quite often like, I don't think it's that book, but I think there's another, I can't remember what book, but there's definitely a quote, nice and sure, where Sanguinius calls Abaddon a model of warriorship. That's how much Sanguinius thinks of Abaddon. And to clarify, that's not because... Like, one of the things I love about Abaddon, personally, and I'm always surprised when people hate Abaddon this, is Abaddon is not the best fighter. He, he is. He does not think himself as the best swordsman out of the um, Sons of Horus. Um, when he has uh, Iskander Kaon, when he duels Iskander Kaon, even during the Siege of Terror, I'm sorry, during the um, Legion Wars, uh, then you know Iskander is probably the better fighter of the two of them, and he has got a lot of bulk to him. But like, what he is is he he, he is actually quite noble at heart, and that's what Sanguinius is referring to him. Man, he does like that. If you like Space Marines, because you're like, oh, my brother, which a lot of people do. Abaddon's kind of your guy. 
like he, he's he's big on brotherhood and um yeah yes he wants dominion but that's he has he would do almost anything for his brothers like there's even a and i don't think they've ever properly explored this but he even besieges conora for one of his brothers um which is a crazy feat to undertake well um before we get too too side because i'm sure we'll like go into some other bits later especially with like the talon of horus is one of my favorite books and all of the books um uh, just to, to cap things off for now with um, the kind of Siege of Terror. So Horus uh, obviously deploys the rest of his Sons of Horus Legion to finally storm the, the Imperial Palace. During this time, uh, the Emperor goes, enough of this, right, I'm going to go and uh, give him a slap. Rogel Dawn, Sanguinous, come with me, bring some men. We're going to go kill Horus. Towards the Vengeful Spirit, they have a bit of a clash. The Emperor is wounded horrifically, but he also kills Horus in the fray. And the Sons of Horus retreat from Holy Terror because the war's over, the War Master is dead, half or, well, most of the Primarch, I mean, Angron's down, uh, Padarabo's retreated, Mortarion's been beheaded in rather flashy fashion by uh, everyone's favourite uh, Primarch, Jagatai Khan, my favourite Primarch. Everyone who doesn't like Jagatai, go away, you're rubbish. Um, the traitors have lost, basically. And uh, Abaddon is pretty annoyed about this uh so he kind of goes on a what i would best describe as a pilgrimage for meaning he he, he joins the legion in retreating to the eye of terror and he kind of abandons the sons of horus because he goes ah i've had enough of these losers we're all a bunch of losers dad was a loser we're a loser Ugh, hate the imperium love love me legion hate the imperium um and, be <laughs> and before we go on to uh kind of the events of the uh the Talon of Horus book in particular. Uh, Colin, I have a quote that I'm going to put in the side chat. Would you be up for reading a quote from the... Uh, I think this is the second uh, Black Legion book. I'd be happy to use it. It's in the I Found It. Yeah. All right. This is a cool-looking quote. Uh, the only good is knowledge, Sikounder. I hope I pronounced that right. The only good is knowledge, Sikounder. The only evil is ignorance. That is a saying uttered by as many fools as visionaries and an attitude that has led to damnation more than once. The last man to speak those words in my presence doomed our legion. Ooh. That's a nice quote from the, uh, the second mm. book. Uh, yeah, I, I, I quite like the... Impl I, I'll, I don't know the context of the quote, but uh, I like to imagine that was said directly to Magnus. <laughs> I, I'm oh. not Sekounder, but I, I feel like it, it might have been referencing the Thousand Sons just a tad. Mm, well, the, well, the thing is, like, um, the events that are leading up are kind of a conglomeration of how do you take all these legions that utterly failed in their objective and remold them into something new, but also uh, into a legion that has learned from its mistakes. So during the uh the the scouring all the traitors are retreating to the eye of terror with as much haste as possible so that you know like lehman russ and his space walls or uh gilliman and his his blue smurfs are gonna you know wipe you out before you can get out um so they all try to to retreat and abaddon's gone and done his little pilgrimage and fabius bile everyone's favorite mad scientist of the emperor's children he's got a clever idea now, we all love Fabius for his crazy science experiments, but this time he's he's one-upped himself. He has been, for a time now, cloning Primarchs. Uh, there's short stories about him cloning Ferris Manus for Fulgrim in order for Fulgrim to hopefully rebuild his brother from the ground up so that he might once again have banter and revelries, but 
there's I, I don't know if Hal if you know the the reference, but there's like a a short story where he's having a conversation with Ferris, who's been cloned several times, and Ferris's clone realizes he's been killed by Fulgrim, and then he kills him, and then there's like a back room with like a hundred like corpses of Ferris yeah. and Ferris all piled on top of each other, and you're like, oh, Fabius has been busy. Um, no silver and, arms though, not with not no the true arms. boy. No, uh, just raw manus for us. Um, but he's been able to, I believe, clone every one of the Primarchs in his efforts. He's he's gotten material from all sorts. Like for example, I believe he's gotten uh, blood from Sanguinius from the Talon of Horus, and he's used that to clone Sanguinius. He's maybe gotten a lock of hair from his own Primarch Fulgrim to make his Primarch, and he needs something to clone the War Master himself. So. Uh, the Emperor's children under Fa uh, Fabius's uh, orders, they steal War Warmaster Horus's corpse from the world of Malium, or Malium, uh, which is in the Eye of Terror, and it's basically the, the base of operations of the Sons of Horus that are remaining. And uh, the Primogenitor gets his hands on the... I don't know how, like, there's a... Because the, the reference in the books, at least, is like... The Emperor vaporizes Horus. So I'm like just imagining, like, a nose or something, like or an ear of Horus. I think there. he supposedly... It was like what happened with the uh, the prime orc on Ulanor. He doesn't. He builds. It's why they think the emperor um, may have gone quote unquote easy. He's actually building up a special power the emperor has, where he literally eliminates your soul from existence. Mm. So I think he just he literally eliminated Horus's soul from his body. Kind of like soul trap from Skyrim. Just oh like, no no, it's like it's gone. Like, like the yeah, chaos like, gods like, put in a soul gem and just it. crushed it in his hand. It <laughs> Pretty much definitely yeah. a reference to Horus's whole body later on mm. I, we'll, we'll see we'll see what the the siege of, the last siege of terror book is coming out i guess this year so we'll have to see how it Ooh. truly ends but uh Exciting yeah. for, for current well, question question on that i, I didn't want to interrupt it I to again but like i was going to say in terms of abaddon because you, you can't not ask it um do you think that he will be there on the vengeful spirit when abaddon when at yeah Horus and the emperor face i think Surely. abaddon i think the new law will be that abaddon lets them into like the because they're lost aren't they on the uh vengeful spirit i feel like abaddon will betray horus now rather than it being like a uh like he, he i think he accepts like you know because when you when you meet him in the were you a yeah. i think abaddon's gonna lower the shield sky was is that your theory as well yeah well i think um, <laughs> not, not exactly that <laughs> but i think retreating of the theory that abaddon will do that. i think he'll <laughs> i think he'll do something to betray horus um Na like I, in the last yeah. book because i think he's already he's come to the point where he realizes one i think one he doesn't want the war to end and two i don't think he wants horus i think he yeah i think he thinks horus has already abandoned them so he's going to betray horus in some way i don't think he'll necessarily betray horus i i certainly think he will fight loken i i, I think that the actual battle is horus and loken 2v2ing abaddon and um, uh, Horus and I think that Loken will essentially win the fight you know, kind of knock Abaddon out kind of thing and I'm sure some uh, incredibly harsh parting words about brotherhood etc will be thrown and then I think mm. Loken will be the it's the thing that always blows my mind is that the Emperor walking in and seeing Sanguinius dead doesn't make him kill Horus and the uh uh, there's a there's a big book in the big bit in the final 
in the second uh, penultimate book where they he talks about how Sanguinius is the favorite son and Loken mm. is the favorite son of Horus and so I think that actually it will be the Emperor seeing Horus kill his favorite son yeah that actually makes the Emperor finally go Informatically, it'd be good to like end the series with the character that started the series as well. Oh, can like, you imagine? He has to end it with "I was there." The thing is, like, <laughs> that was so good. Kind of like referencing what I said about before, like, because Loken is the catalyst. But I think a good way to describe Abaddon in the books is he's the witness. Like, he is at every step of the books. He's in so many bits, like the bit mm-hmm. I mentioned with like Sanguinius. He's he's mentioned in all sorts of little tangents. It's like. Abaddon is the one who sees everything happen and then like absorbs all that knowledge and then is the one who's like you're the witness to the Horus Heresy, you've been there from the start, you're at all the major events and you have to burden that and I think that's the interesting thing about Abaddon in that regard whereas Loken is more like I'm the one who the story starts with and I'll be the one where it ends as well, hopefully but very, we'll very thematic with, with um, obviously the first book, Horus Rising, for anyone who doesn't know much about Warhammer it kind of starts with the uh, Loken saying, I was there the day yeah. uh, Horus threw the yeah. Emperor as a funny tale about a sort of mini a guy calling himself the Emperor and Horus kills him as like a small like offshoot world and I think it would be very obviously thematic if it was Loken saying yeah. again, I was there the day that Horus slew <laughs> the Emperor or, or, is, uh, or is it just to finish off as in Colin's uh, comment section one once i was there the day <laughs> the the <laughs> <shat himself>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was there the day horus shat himself oh that the was a great like line that is is because one of the things i think they've done really well in the siege of terror is they've not tried to like throw in a surprise purely to throw in a surprise like there's a lot of blank space in the original old law that they've used well and they've definitely retconned things in places you know the entire darkling storyline is new but it doesn't really detract from the original story so like the things like that it's so expected for dan abnett to put that in i feel like he will do <laughs> just because it is it's so necessary um no need to sub- no need to subvert our expectations just fulfill yeah. them yeah. yeah, and in fact, whilst I've got you, because I don't get to talk to many big law people, Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think is going to go on with Elenius Pius then? Do you think he is going to be there? Oh, it's a good question, because... Be nice, I guess. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm not... I've got to be honest, I'm not as invested in him as a character as Loken. I'm like, oh, he's cool, but Loken's the one. I don't, I don't, I I don't think anyone him. is. I don't think anybody really loves the Argonauts as much as Dan have there. <laughs> but I, like, the, the end of the Death Volume 1... There's just so much, like, um, I don't know, name-dropping, I don't know what you call it, that you can't not be invested. And um, it had, like, it's the only place I can see it going. Also, there's a very, there's a bit where they talk. There's so much stuff where it's like, why would they say this unless he is going to be there? So they, they talk about how um, his dagger in the hands of a perpetual is one of the only things that can actually harm Horus at his current power level and it's like that's an interesting thing used to drop there dan uh, <laughs> the thing is like the way you're phrasing it as well of like all these big characters being in the throne room i'm just imagining like the emperor walking in and it's like horus kills loken <gasps> and then he yeah. kills alanius <gasps> and then he kills mother Teresa, <gasps> and it just keeps going and going and going he's like what are all these people <laughs> doing here and it's just like he, he just overdoes it with like and then he kills the crispy cream person no don't kill all these people you'll have to be it will be so, knowing how dan abnett writes as well it'll be something where 
it fulfills um an already existing idea like a myth has been um espousing so it, it like you said dan Abnett likes to write and almost retell a lot of myth and mythology in his work so i, I imagine something along that line it's if it's, like, it's the only character you can do it with there might be i don't know if alanis pius will give up his perpetual nature maybe to save the like a character or something or it, obviously i don't think he'll make what, it like with malkador yeah i don't think he'll make it i think he'll he might do it to you know in the final fight to help the emperor but i reckon obviously malkador does it just to basically keep the emperor awake he's like ah you know the emperor's not awake and then malkador will do it as like a last bit just to give him a little bit of a you know wake up bro you know it's it's chicago wake up like, <laughs> wait, i mean i mean like um you know how Magnus, sorry, Malkador was brought back to life. I've forgotten her name, but the other perpetual lady that the emperor, yeah, made, yeah, like it could be something like that. Maybe the emperor does die, and and all because it's so interesting because all clearly hates the emperor. He stabbed him, so uh, <laughs> like it would that would be a, an interesting twist if the emperor does kind of die. I think all and, the perpetuals will die by the end of the, there's no there's no yeah. place for them in the forty k timeline. But I think yeah. and also maybe like one. You know what was also really weird? Sorry, massive tangent. Go for it, go for it. Really weird. You know how um, when Erebus kills Erda, right? So Erebus, it's an amazing scene, fantastic scene. And when she splits into three people, fights four great demons, awesome. But then he kills her, but he kills her with an athame, an athame dagger, yeah. Like the kills Horus. But the thing is, we have that entire unremembered empire story and we have so much discussion on the fulbright dagger and fulbright if you're not familiar fulbright is a, a a material that's made from like when the lightning of the emperor strikes sand or something like that and it's it's a powerful enough knife that in the hands of certain people it can kill permanently kill perpetuals and but like so that's there's a lot of the reason i say that is because there's a lot of story behind that which then ends, ends up with the um uh sanity of Vulcan returning. But there, is there any way in the law that it actually says an Athame dagger can kill a perpetual? Because that seemed very much implied that that's Erda dead dead. But like Maybe. does that kill I, a perpetual? It can I kill it, come back. it can kill a Primarch. Like there Yeah, was... I mean it, it, and there's like that not short story of like the perspective yeah. of the Athame dagger or the sword where it's like first found by a, a human in like a barbaric civilization and then it's like it's weird. It's like a weird short story of like, what does the anatheme think about all this? Like, uh, here's a story. Um, whereas, like, yeah, like if you made a dagger from the lightning from when the emperor like accidentally missed a target from his lightning bolts, like, fair enough, it's powerful. But like, yeah, I would think the anatheme is way more powerful in that it can like tear holes through space and it's like a primordial kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure anyway. it's meant to be as like. Um... I, that being said, though, Gilman got stabbed by one, and his response was just to go, no. Nuh-uh. <laughs> also, I don't know if it is Primordial, isn't it? Xenotech. The Anatheme is, the Fulgurite yeah. is... The Fulgurite is... Made from, it's made from when the Emperor yeah. exited the warp, isn't it? Lightning, that's... I, I, think it's, I think there's a bit where they talk about like, his lightning striking sand, or like, something like that, something like that. It's yeah. weird. Because like, it's like it's like glass. It's like it's like a like a fermented lightning bolt from the emperor's essence. Like, oh, it just yeah. happened to like form by accident once. It's fun. I'm sorry, I never get to ask people these questions, so they're just going to come out from time to time. So go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Send them. Um, but I suppose we'll, we'll continue where we left off uh, with 
basically the events of the Talon of Horus. So um, Fambius succeeds in uh, cloning the War Master himself. And at this point in time, Abaddon has been found by, I believe it's uh, Falcus Kyber, a former captain of the Sons of Horus. He's gone to, he, he's assembled like a few other like uh, members of different legions. Uh, what's the Thousand Sun called that he gets? He's good Kaon. Kaon. Kaon, yeah. So he gets him and some other people and they like make a weird rogues gallery of like, we're all from broken legions that used to be like at least somewhat competent. Let's go on a quest to find Abaddon. So they go and find Abaddon. And one thing I find interesting about Abaddon in, in that book is like, they go to the Vengeful Spear and it's just him. And he's all like, take a look at my gallery of stuff. And he's got these, <laughs> he's, like a, he's killed a big dragon thing. And he's got all these, like, I found this on a weird planet full of moomins. Like, oh, you've been busy with your hobbies. And yeah. he's, he's kind of, it's a weird, and it's an interesting thing to give some character where he was just like, I had no purpose. So I went out and I just kind of had like a gap year in space. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and he, he found all these artifacts and he did all this stuff. And they're like, uh, so we're getting a bit kind of fed up with being, you know, uh, teased by the word bearers who are still a full legion and, you know, the Emperor's children harassing us. We want to be a, a proper legion again. And you're the only one who can really, like, rally everyone together because you were the first captain. Uh, we want to kill the Emperor as much as you do. We want to break the Imperium. We want to we wanna, we wanna make a new legion. And Abaddon's like, I don't know. Mm. And they're like, oh, did you hear, um, you know, the Emperor's children stole Horus's body? And he's like, huh? Yeah, they're going to, like, do something with it. Oh, no, 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 we can't have that. So he kind of tempts uh, Abaddon with some closure with his father, and they they storm the uh, the Emperor's Children Bastion. I can't remember what the world is called off the top of my head. Um, oh, I know what you're no talking idea, about. It's um, <laughs> it's only got, it's like an E, I, oh, it's yeah. like, M, not Emprise, it's like M something but it's like it's it's still their current base even in the 40k timeline as well like um isolon has a little base on it now yeah yeah uh we can't remember what it is exactly but it, they, they go to like their 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 headquarters and ezekiel basically storms fabius's lab fabius does a little hide under a table and presses a button and then the the kind of gestation pod where horus's clone has been kept is released and um Horus has a quick chat with Abaddon, and he's all like, ah, my son. Uh. And I think also they find the Talon of Horus in this room, if I'm not mistaken. Because that's what uh, Fabius uses the blood from it to, or, or something. I think he uses the blood from the Talon to clone Sanguinius, and he also clones Horus, and it's just there in, in like, a, like a capsule, and think... it said, like, there's a presence to it. Um, I think he already had the, the Talon of Horus. I don't because... The, because the or does he have it on the uh, the vengeful spirit? The, because I think that the clone identity, so the clone comes yeah, out and yeah. just beats the shit out of everybody because he's got Worldbreaker, which is the mace yes, that yes. the Emperor made for Horus. And so I think when he sees Abaddon has the talent, I think that's what kind of oh yeah, he's like that's mine. And then yeah. uh, then Abaddon, I think he like grabs the Worldbreaker in his claw and just breaks it, stabs Horus through the chest with the talent, goes nah mate, it's mine now. And then he's all like, oh, cool, this thing is like wounded the Emperor, and now it's technically killed two Primarchs. That's cool. Um, we should probably and... slightly mention the cloning of... When we say Fabius Bar cloned all the Primarchs, they weren't quite right, like a lot of them, so they yeah. weren't perfect. And even this clone of Horus, you're probably thinking, how does a mm. just a normal Space Marine clap a Primarch? 
it's implied that it's kind of Horus's like Primarch body, but the Primarchs generally have like something special went into their creation, which is possibly like warp entities. So Horus's Definitely. like yeah. soul is not in this clone, so he's not yeah. got like a Primarch aura, and he's not as yeah. like strong. But so he's like, obviously still a monster. <laughs> there's there's actually for something similar to this. So in Fabius Bio's trilogy, when there's a bit where these demonettes are talking about um, the clone of Fulgrim. And so, like, the clone of Fulgrim is thought to be a perfect clone because it supposedly does have a bit of the soul. Like, exactly as Hal says, like, this, the soul is really important in 40k, but weirdly, you still get the memories. So the, that's why the clone of Abbott, the clone of Horus, as he dies, he's like, my son. And Abbott says, I'm, I'm no son of yours or something. And um, so, yeah, you still get the memories, but you won't have, like, all the power. Um, there's a bit, yeah, it's, it's said that the Emperor stole the fire of the Chaos Gods and put that into the Primarchs. Whatever yeah. that means is up to you to decide. Yeah. It's like, what if we got the War Master from Wish.com? It's like, it's not the same. It's not the original. <laughs> it's not what we want. The War Master um, from Target. Discount. <laughs> um, I like the idea of, like, Abaddon's like, I want War Master. We have War Master at home, and it's Abaddon. Yeah. Um, you know what is actually really interesting as well is that the emperor also says to Conrad Kerners that he said um, he says none of you are beyond redemption, which one would assume? Uh, and I have to clarify, you could say it's not the emperor, but I believe in my half. Oh, the meat, the meat but puppet he's been talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, which implies that he does say he does say that he could fix. Uh, he says to Malkador that he could fix Ferris Manners after Ferris Manners has died. Yeah. But um, Horus is kind of the special case because, of course, Horus, in theory, has no soul except for the bits of the soul that the Chaos Gods, in theory, still have. And in fact, Abaddon does, um, when he's in the warp one one time, uh, he does see the soul of Horus, bits of the soul, forever fighting. Um, yeah. Because uh, Abaddon, Horus fought for like thousands of years for yeah. the Chaos Gods. Like, crazy. Yeah, and there, there is the whole like tangent of uh, when Fabius cloned Fulgrim it was implied that he might redeem the emperor's children somehow as like a, a new and, and naive, but also, you know, not corrupted Phoenician is like, and then comes Trezin and now he's in a box. Like, Oh, I put yeah. him in, you know, uh, what's it? The Pokemon storage boxes. Like Fulgrim is in one of those, uh, never to be seen again. Um, yeah. which is a shame, but either way, uh, to, to return to Alan of horror stuff. So, at this point, uh, Horus's clone is dead. There's no chance for Fabius to make some new Primarchs. I believe Abaddon's men destroy all the baby, like, gestation pod Primarchs that are growing. I think there's, like, a... If I'm remembering correctly, correctly there's, like, a bit where there's, like, a little baby one, like, putting its hand against the glass, and they're just, like, burn it. You know, like, oh, dear. <laughs> um, so there's no more Primarchs coming back that aren't OGs at this point, unless you count Ferris as Legion of the Dam, but that's a tangent. Um... But either way, Abaddon then goes, okay, I have the Talon of Horus. This is my signifier that I have assumed the mantle of what my father couldn't finish. I am now going to be the War Master of Chaos Undivided. And he, he already has the Sons of Horus. They've completely bested the Emperor's children who start running away and doing cocaine or whatever they do. Um, but basically, Abaddon goes, we're not going to be the Sons of Horus anymore. They were failures. They were a relic of my father's glory. We're going to build something new and something better. So he now creates the Black Legion. Now, the Black Legion is not a uh, successor 
of the Sons of Horus, even though it comprises a lot of the original Sons of Horus members. This is a brand new legion that is basically intended to fight the long war against the Imperium. Um, Abaddon will use this uh, legion as a cudgel to facilitate his Black Crusades across the galaxy, all with an objective in mind to uh, to fulfill his own goals. And anyone who is a traitor can join the Black Legion. It's not just Sons of Horus, 16th Legion Astartes. You're a world eater who doesn't like Angron, you can join. You're a Thousand Sun who isn't cringe, you can join. Uh, you're an Emperor's Children who can, you know, put down the needles for a few seconds. You can join. You know, they're, they're, they're an equal opportunity legion. Um, Even renegades from the modern timeline can join the Black Legion, which is Isn't insane. there, like, a bit where, where Huron Blackheart mentions about, like, uh, is it Abaddon mentions, like, you could join the Black Legion, but you have to do as I say, and Huron's like, ah, I don't want to do that. But it's like, he, he gives people opportunities, but he's also a bit like, you're not stabbing me in the back you're doing exactly yeah. as I tell you. No a, naughty pirate man. <laughs> during Andorax, I think it is, there's a really funny bit where like, uh, Huron is trying to get Abaddon to commit like himself to this like area of the, the, the war. And um, Abaddon says, like, yeah, but you just want me to go down and fight because you're hoping yeah. I will die and then you can assume control of the Black Legion. And then Huron just responds like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With like a big smile on his face. Yeah, like, yeah you know. But you've got to be a try. Why not? Did, did you miss the part? We're all part of chaos. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. our thing. Yeah, and I'm a pirate. Oh, pirate little thing that tip you up. <laughs> I just imagine like he pokes his belly a few times. Like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, Nearly <laughs> <laughs> got you. Um, by the, the way. Armor uh... and sailed the seas. <laughs> Before we get on to the next bit, I've got another quote. Uh, Hal, would you be up for reading this one with your I'm ready. Uh, dulcet tones? Uh, with my side chat now. With my uh, terrible flubbing. <laughs> we'll see how well this goes first time. Lubba lubba lub dub. There you go. This Imperium is ours. We fought for it. We built it with blood and sweat and wrath. We forged it with the world we took. The Empire is built upon foundations of our brother's bones. We didn't rebel out of petty spite, Sigismund. Ooh, that's not part of the quote. <laughs> we rebelled because our lord and master played us false. We were useful tools to bring the galaxy to heel. But he would have cleansed us from the Imperium, the way he purged the Thunder Legion before us. Wiping us all from history like excrement from his golden boots. Ooh, Yuck. savage, so yeah. Not a fan of the original legions anymore at all. Uh, very much the the uh, epitome of jaded. You look up jaded in the dictionary. There's a picture of Abaddon right there. Do you think he would have actually killed all the legions? Yes, the that is. There was a plan. And Malkador, <laughs> Malkador actually. There's a short story where he is it a short story or novella where he like confesses it to a dying. I think remembering oh, yeah. so maybe, and he just says, "Yeah, there basically was a plan to like get rid of all the." Like uh, quite yeah. a few of the space marines were like yeah. that wouldn't fit in, you know. Yeah, I think, time I think there's like there's a, deline a delineation to be like the ultramarines are probably quite okay because they're like sane, but the world eaters, nah, we're getting. Well, right I would there. say like some <laughs> of them, yeah, definitely. I was like, yeah, you, you should go, but like like you say, the ultramarines, imperial fists, like, I mean, they're not they're not in threat, they're not threatening anyone. 
he talks about like a retirement with the emperor and and, and the the, uh, the primarchs, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all like, you know, we'll enjoy the galaxy together. Those those that could enjoy it, <laughs> basically yeah, hinting that it will those who a, weren't a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, again, like listening to the uh, Echoes of Eternity book, it's really interesting when they go into like the Blood Angels and how in the bowels of the the the, the headquarters they're at or their ship, there's just like so and so made a nice uh, artistic depiction of one of his uh, one of his battle brothers, or like saying a poem in front of a applauding theater of his brothers in like a toga, and then there's another one who did a statue, and then Zephon just playing sad music on a piano and you're like oh they would have been fine they would have done art no blood angels oh. the night lords do art but yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, Vince, and Vince is just people yeah <laughs> on that lovely note um so <laughs> we're on the last uh, last section just talking about what they're what are they doing now so the the Black Legion, um, they allow... Um, there's some interesting things about them. For example, uh, because they aren't uh, they aren't followers of one Chaos God, originally when they were um, getting, their, getting the hang of things, uh, there used to be this thing where, like, if you were an Astartes and you followed Sinch, and then all of a sudden you went, nah, Sinch is a nerd, I'm going to follow Korn, your body would just die because you betray your patron. So they kind of found a workaround where if they use the Legion Sorcerer Librarians, now you can kind of uh, pick and choose which patron you want. If you want to go full on, say, Nurgle, and then you go, I don't like his gifts, now I want to be Slaneshi. And it doesn't have a death penalty anymore. I thought that was quite an interesting, weird tidbit. Um, they completely got rid of all their old iconography, at least the Sons of Horus. And, uh, and basically, they all wear black and gold, but there are still things like you see World Eaters with the, the cool like pointy helmets, and you see the Thousand Sons with the, the weird uh, like kind of scarab stuff. But for the most part, they get rid of all their old heraldry and they go, nope, we are we are the Black Legion. We keep it simple. We keep it stylish. We keep it, we keep it chic. Um, there's another thing, uh, much like the Mornaval in the Sons of Horus, there is the Ezekarion, which is the inner circle of the Black Legion. This is formed of the word-bearer Sargon Eregesh, the Thousand Sons members Iskandor Kion and Ashokai Zezramar. There we go. Uh, the Empress children Telemachon Lyrus, the World Eater Leorine Ukris, Iron Warrior Valakir Hein, Death Guard Ilaster Faliak, Fallen Dark Angel, Vortigen, Sons of Horus, Amuriel Enka, Dark Mechanicum Mistress Seraxia, and Prophetess Moriana. So there's a whole spread of people advising uh, as Abaddon and his various uh, campaigns and Black Crusades. They uh, have on many occasions allied with other warbands and even demon primarchs in order to have joint cooperate. Like, not as a friendship thing, more of, we want to do the same thing, you give me this, I'll give you that, and then we'll part ways amicably. Um... Obviously, the most um, the most uh, infamous, I should say, uh, of all the Black Crusades that happened was the 13th Black Crusade, where Abaddon destroyed Cadia. I cry every morning when I wake up because of this fact. Um, and <laughs> and through its destruction, after I've after I've done my my little cry into my jar of tears, um, I remember because the 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 event, the fallout from Cadia's destruction was the great rift would spill forth across the galaxy cutting it in twain uh this is also supposedly fulfilling the crimson path to allow for the suffocation of the throne world by the never-ending expanse of the eye of terror until it subsumes all the galaxy 
in the warp um there's a really cool visual uh uh, reference to this in the new 10th edition trailer where you see like the great rift and there's a shot where it just kind of absorbs a planet into the into its in- embrace and it's pretty cool just seeing how vast it is and um the most recent thing they've been doing is uh abaddon has been allying with vashtor the archophane by harrying the imperium in the arcs of omen campaign which is the most recent book as time of recording or book series and that's more or less the black legion unless uh Ed, have you got anything else you wanted to add to my uh, I have a couple of uh, just thoughts in general about Okey-dokey. the Legion and Abaddon. Um, and life. <laughs> and life in general. <laughs> Make sure you have your vitamins, boys and girls. Uh, but um, Abaddon himself, even though we like have talked him up quite a bit, we have to unfortunately say that GW do kind of treat him like a punching bag a little bit in the lore, so he might wonder like why he's not as loved it's because a lot of the times he's just big bad who then will uh teleport away at the last minute unfortunately mm. a couple of times but and not to say that abaddon is not incompetent he's a very good warrior but then in my opinion he's kind of the reason he the chaos allow him to be war master is because he's the perfect puppet for them where horus like almost destroyed like you know it's the joke where like it took Abaddon thirteen Black Crusades and it took Horus like what seven years, um, but Abaddon is perfect because the war and the state of the Imperium is exactly how the Chaos Gods I think want it. Where it's anarchy, they don't really want Abaddon to win, even though his like Black Legion and the forces of Chaos are, you know, enormous, you know. Hundreds of thousands upon thousands of like space, chaos space marines like attacking imperial space and corrupting worlds. They don't really want it to win because then like a lot of their power is drawn from like the misery and emotions of humanity. So Abaddon's like the perfect attack dog, where he's just good enough to like I guess like, you know destroy Cadia to. Also, Cadia took a lot. Like took basically the forces of chaos to destroy one world. So the Imperium are not like. Um, on the brink, yeah, they're not on the brink of destruction. The Imperium, it's just they can't be everywhere at once. And Mm. Abaddon's perfect where he's just he's enough to like cause literally chaos and catastrophe, but he's not he's not of the uh, Primark level genius where he will end, yeah end the imperium in one go he's he's the perfect thing to keep the war going in the imperium because then we've got the end times for 40k and that'd be dreadful um i can't stress enough how much i disagree with those statements uh oh no no but no, that's fair because that's fair, so i think the thing the problem is abaddon gets mean to death so these things become like canon law of the zeitgeist like for example this idea that the chaos gods don't want the imperium to fall i don't think that's true so the the the, the law from gw is pretty clear and that the chaos gods want to claim every every realm Every single day, want to be pure ruin, and the idea that you won't have disease and pestilence and uh, you know pleasure and all <laughs> if if the galaxy falls into ruin, that's actually I don't think that's clear at all. So that's what the, the ca- an idea, yeah. um, because of the great game, each one of the chaos gods wants to be the winner. So essentially, what they're doing is min-maxing until they get the perfect victory, and so they're not going to just win straight away. They're going to be like, no, I want a perfect, you know perfect prestige cinch victory so i have to make sure every all my lines are crossed and my t's it's like yeah we can't just instantly win we have to make sure that it's my win and i have to make sure that 
Abaddon's doing what I want to do. So every time he does something that the other gods want to do, I need to push him in the direction of what I want. And so it's like postponing the end of the great game, but also trying to tailor it to their own favor. I also, I do have to say, I do kind of think he's, I like the idea of him, like saying that he uses chaos as a tool, but I ultimately think he's foolish to think that Mm. he's the one in control. I think he... I think the Chaos Gods are like, they're like stepped back a little bit, but they very much could at any point go Chaos Spawn. Like, so, <laughs> they, they could do what they want. So, well, the Chaos Gods are not of infinite power. So, they you, they can't necessarily just go Chaos Spawn. These things are not like eagerly defined. So, one of the things that, uh, like, when we actually look at the law that we have, like the idea that Abaddon is not in control and it's, he can never be in control perfectly valid theory it's not actually necessarily true so like mm. i say the, the biggest retcon we've ever had to 40k is that horus lupercal is not some puppet of the chaos gods horus lupercal is very much in control of the chaos gods and they are trying to elevate him to be a chaos god above them it's it's a so the idea that this is an impossibility i don't actually buy it it's perfectly valid theory but it doesn't make sense i mean when we talk about Abaddon failing for 13 Black Crusades. It always surprises me when people say this because this is talked about many times in the law that Abaddon had specific goals with each Black Crusade. Each Black Crusade also makes the Black Legion more powerful. Comparing Abaddon to Horus is not really fair because Horus had like <laughs> nine legions to start with. Mm. Like it's just it's just a completely different comparison. And the the thing that Abaddon is very adamant on is that. Horus was a fool because Horus is basically kind of like a demon prince by the end of the Horus heresy. It's probably the easiest way to look at it. The reason that's a terrible idea is because just as we see with all of the demon primarchs, the reason the demon primarchs haven't done much over the last, last 10,000 years is because it's very hard to bring them into real space and they also don't really care. You lose interest in reality when you are all of a sudden based in real space. And so Abaddon cannot fully accept all of these gifts of chaos. And so he has to he has to stay mortal. And because that's the only way you can get be the only way you can get a true victory. Horus would never have gotten a true victory, even if Terror had fallen. So Abaddon is actually far more impressive with what he's had to work with. And within the context of the setting, that is what I think generally what characters think of him. We need to put you on a versus video for Abaddon because <laughs> man can argue for I that. Mean, that's that's was very a, convincing. There was a it was a fan story, so it's not canon, but I thought it was very well, like short little written story uh, that says like Abaddon could have, like at least you know, with the little fan story, and it's like Abaddon could have. Sure, the first Black Crusade could have crippled the Imperium, but there were six living Primarchs. If he were just still right back from the get go, let's start Horus round two. Six well, living primarchs like forces were scattered. It was the thirteenth. He was building up over the course of thirteen yeah. crusades to properly get his forces together, build them up more so than they were in the shattered remnants after the heresy. And he also, he also, in terms of like you know the crimson path, it's not something that is so the the great rift is not achieved. I would say it's not officially declared. It's because of the fall of Cadia, although most people reasonably assume it is the largest contributing factor however what they talk about in like belisarius called the great work is that the cadia is not the only cadia there are many planets that are like cadia that have this shit ton of blackstone on and oh what do you know it turns out during many of the black crusades as a side quest abaddon went and destroyed these worlds 
Avalon had specific goals. The first one, of course, we have the, the Tower of Silence, where Avalon gets Drachnien, a weapon that he needs because he because this weapon has this demon has said it will one day be the death of the Emperor. So each of the Black Crusades has a specific goal in mind, and he, he does them over time. And it, it, what I will totally say is that the problem with Black Library have with advancing the story as they do now is that now it does it will start to make Abaddon look weak. Because like the way we've got it now is that um, Abaddon got Epimetheus, he got Dragnian, he just he got the Great Rift. He's got uh, he basically could get Vigilus if he wanted to. He's got all of these things. He's got the Arcs of Omen and Vastor, and they've got this key, and now they can like make their own webway, whatever the fuck it is they're gonna do. At a certain point, we will all get to the stage where we're like, sorry, why isn't Abaddon a terror? Like, what else does he? What else could he possibly need? And um, it's going to start looking weird because I think narratively we're going to get to this point where it's like Abaddon's just like this gatherer of chaos <laughs> stuff, and it's like he's just got so many artifacts and so much power. But like, I mean, what is the point? You you mentioned my boy Epiphemius, so I have to yeah, I have to mention him. The poor guy. He he was a dark angel who was like he was in a black shield company in the horus heresy he was a knight errant during the horus heresy he got trapped in like a tomb for ten thousand years and came back during the pandarax campaign he got captured by abaddon so abaddon stuck him in the vengeful spirit (laughs) then he he ripped his black caraface from his skin he sewed his his mouth and his eyes shut he cut out his tongue he he had fabius bile remove his progenoid gland and he like suspended him from the ceiling then he stitched two uh blanks to his body because he's a librarian he stitched two like like blanks to his body and then left him there to be tortured it's like oh that sucks like you don't want to be messing with abaddon yeah. <laughs> like that, if that's what he does to just like someone he needs information out like Yikes. you do not want to be involved with him he is very scary it's very dark it is also the unfortunate reality of 40k is that you know something that when you mostly focus on the narrative is not something you really like to talk about but you kind of mm. need to acknowledge it is that it is a war game setting and that yeah. if abaddon follows the narrative course that like it would probably make sense for him to eventually do it yeah. if he succeeds there's no more war game he cannot like it's like how no faction can ultimately succeed because then you don't have a war game anymore. <laughs> yeah, they need. That's the thing. They need to narratively come up with a way. Because this is the thing. Like the thirty Black Crusades, I can rationalize. Like you know, I'm an Abaddon sin, but I can rationalize why the thirty Black Crusades are not complete failures and why Abaddon is not this massive failure as a lot of people believe. And I, I get it. Trust me. But like, there, there's only so much he can be that for. That where he doesn't for, for reasons he won't get to terror. Someone, someone else needs to get thrown a bone. Yeah, why they can fight him because he's just been hoarding. I mean, I mean to be fair though, that because there are so many factions, there's always the fact of everyone's sca- uh, plans get scuppered by everyone else's plans and yeah. they overlap. And it's like, like the leagues yeah. of Votan park a massive ship in the way, and I was like, <laughs> move that out of the way. And like, sorry, what? We're just mining a planet, and you're like, you stupid squats. And then, what did you call me? And then that starts a new book series, and then. They get eaten by the, the, the Tyranids, and then the Necrons are like, I'm trying to build an apartment block for my future like yeah. metal children. You're in the way. And then that starts a new book series, and then Gilliman goes, yeah. what's going on here? And then the lion goes, Gilliman, you've been sleeping with the Eldar! And that starts a new, and it's like, it keeps going and going and going. Yeah, I mean, definitely. 
there there is no reason the Necrons aren't going to win. Like there is just like the Silent King is so absurdly powerful in the books that like <laughs> there's no reason he won't just turn off all life. Like it's it, the Necro there's the 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 Tyranids, of course, definitely should win when they get there. Chaos, yeah. of course, is going to make the grudging path. But, like, yeah, this monster, monstrous. There's a real good reason, and it's a very green reason. Yeah. The Necrons can. Uh, it's Nork's galaxy. We're all just living yeah, in it. Yeah. But the Necrons have cyber Alzheimer's, so they're not as big of a threat. They're like, I can't remember where I am. It's like, go back in your tomb. It's fine. <laughs> I does say as well yeah. about the Black Legion... Um, so if you're like kind of newish to Warhammer or you know a little bit about it um, lore wise as well they're considered one of the most competent chaos space marine legions like a lot of them are either like for the last 10,000 years been on the run in a way or like they're undersupplied or they like yeah, the night these lords are the mo- these are the biggest guys in the setting they have the most stuff they have the most men and they work together yeah. and they have lots of people from different legions bolstering their weaknesses so that helps they also um like it's even said, like they they being like chaos undivided is generally kind of a slight okay. blessing because you're a little bit you're less affected by in a way the specific god's corruption. Like if you're corrupted by Nurgle, you you know you're slow. You're kind of only focused on spreading plague. Whereas like chaos undivided is more of like an actual power boon. So that yeah. the chaos the Black Legion themselves like. They can often complete missions and then destroy worlds like much quicker with like less men because they can still function much more like actual space marines rather than like a like yeah. a, I imagine a single like Death Guard marine is probably more powerful. But in terms of it's... like overall the war like the actual war going on, a Black Legion are much more competent. Well, it's like you can, and you can kind of double dip with it like say you're a sorcerer in the black legion like all name character business aside a given a random sorcerer from the black legion is pretty much guaranteed not going to be as good at it as a thousand sons is but that black legionnaire is also going to be a lot more durable you can arm wrestle a lot better like you know you can kind of double dip from all the chaos gods plus, you're not limited to just one imagine a uh, a black legion form a thousand sun who embraces corn and then you go like what's that like oh that's fun idea or like yeah. a death guard yeah. who becomes laneshi like whoa that's crazy and i mentioned like the sort the chaos sorcerers in the black legion like allow them to essentially respec their character traits when they're like i follow corn now <laughs> now i'm a fan of scenes like could you stop doing this no I'm playing around. I'm experimenting. Okay, fine. I'll finish on one idea I do have, which I think will be interesting, which is obviously the Chaos Primarchs, are, and obviously normal, you know, original Primarchs, you know, Loyalist ones are returning over, like, the many editions. I have a feeling, like, it will be a really good idea to have, when Lorgar returns, there's a kind of Chaos Civil War for the role of Warmaster. Mm-hmm. And the idea of it being like there are those who are like the Black Legion where they don't want to serve a Primarch, but then there are like people who generally like serving Chaos themselves. They're like, ah, Lorgar isn't a demon well, ascended the, Primarch. The thing is, the word bearers are the only Legion that isn't the Black Legion that is like still mm-hmm. in full strength. A and legion. that would make sense. Like, it is the only OG Legion of the traitors that is still like running. Um, like, the Night Lords don't count because they're too small. But, you know. Uh, I, I, so I've I've got like a thing where I hope it will be like a Abaddon versus um, Lorgar in a way where it's like it's more of a Cold War rather than a um, 
like hot war where like essentially that there's a they're vying for that position of you know chosen by chaos to and like it'll make it it'll make it interesting i'm just just imagining like abaddon kind of baiting the dark angels to fight the word bros like keep going come on come on and dark angels like i'm gonna leave you now throw a couple of bones (laughs) just ambush them it'll be a really good way to make i think in a way you could give abaddon like that much needed like i guess victory if you know what i mean where it's like abaddon's always fighting but it's it's always like the imperium just holds if you know what i mean or if like he does win it's like just by the like even kadia if like it was just by the at the very last like act if you know what i mean i think or this... even um, if if uh Perturabo allies with bashtor and then they clash with abaddon and then you could like you could dredge up some of the history he had during the siege of terror with Perturabo using him and him going i think that chaos is cringe inherently so i am chaos undivided but i'm not really chaos undivided it's like you're half in half out just like horus what did you say and then they could have a scrap and then Illumin and the lion are just looking confused like what are they doing now it could be it could be a good opportunity to like give abaddon and the black legion some character development in the sense where the black legion are very cool but a lot of them seem quite because it's almost like the ultramarines where they are cool but a lot of it seem very generic if you know what i mean where there's not as much flavor to them until you really delve no no but you know like they're they're treated like that rather than what so actually one of the reasons like to the uh, last three points, actually, and very similar to that, where um, Andy talking about the Ezekari one. So one of the reasons I love the Ezekari is because they go the other way. I think they are they're so characterful to the degree that, like, you know, you talk about a thousand sons or a thousand sons character who worships corn. Like all like there are characters like the Demonifuge and um, these characters within 40k that do the opposite of what they're supposed to do, and all the Ezekari on kind of do this. Right, so like uh, Iskander Kaon is, he, you know, you talk about powerful sorcerers, he is in Araman's trilogy also, and he is said to oh, be yeah. second to Araman. He's that powerful. He brings Magnus the Red to his niece. Like, that's how strong, and, and I assume it will be through kind of a, a sneaky way, like getting, learning his true name or something like that, but still very impressive feat. And like, then you have like Leovine Ukris, who is a. Uh, Havoc. He's got a he's got a heavy bolter. Like if you've ever seen the World Eaters range, if you're a fan of the tabletop, you'll notice they don't have many guns. Like he's a contradiction, and by definition, um, Telemachon is a swordsman, but he spends the majority of or half the first book kind of being humiliated and and being you know made to look an absolute fool by um, Iskander. So they're all kind of contradictions in terms, and that's one of the things I think adds a lot of a lot of character. I think. Yeah, the, the the Black Legion. This the thing in the novels. I think they have a lot more character on the surface. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they, they, they didn't have it, and the Ultramarines have really liked that. Like the Ultramarines have so much character in, in your read. Like you have Destroyer Squads in Heresy. You have Knights of McCrag. You have um, Kato Zakaris. The Archer. Yuri Ventress as well. It's genuinely boy. really interesting. Y- Yuri Ventress is like again like so like the opposite of an Ultra Ultraman should be. He gets kind of like heavily punished and has to go on a big fucking quest, and it's dark as hell but like and then it becomes a legion of the damned like hey. <laughs> and the, the, the black, yeah the black legion do that very well i think um well, one of the other things you mentioned oh yeah Lorgar. so um one thing's really interesting to mention i think for people listening who want to know about black, the black legion so abaddon has met with all of the demon primarchs and all of them have sworn to him and again this is one of the reasons this goes back to like why abaddon is so important compared to someone like horus 
the Chaos Gods don't, the, the Chaos, Demon Prime Marks, a lot of them don't really have a choice because if their patron supports Abaddon, they kind of have to. But they still have a bit of independence and they all kind of agree to, to support Abaddon in the end. So, um, you know, Perth Rabbi originally doesn't want to. He's like, Abaddon, Horus is first captain. He calls him an angry whelp, I remember, from um, yeah. uh, Lord of Silence? No. The one where they take on the white consoles. What's that book called? Is it Lords of Silence? Yeah, it's Lords of Silence. Um, and yeah, but then he wins him round. He gives him like a powerful artifact that he was always wanted, a special present. And he does meet Logar. Logar actually is one of the only Demon Primarchs who's very happy to serve Abaddon because he's just like loves chaos and Abaddon's spreading chaos. Um, Perturabo gives him a load of demon engines. That's where the demon engines come from. Most of them is from Perturabo gifting them to Abaddon to the degree that more, the reason Mortari ends up getting like the Plague Burst Crawler is because Abaddon then, I think, I think it's either that or the Plague Burst Crawler or another one where he actually gives it to Mortari and, um, with, in terms of being a combatant. So it's said that Abaddon fights all of uh, uh, Angron's demonic champions. And if you've read... Um, Emperor's Chosen, whatever the one with the Grey Knights versus Space Wars is. Um, like, Angron has 12 Bloodthirsters. So, Amazon takes on 12 Bloodthirsters and wins. Like, it's, it's a, yeah, and who I'm missing, yeah, Magnus, we've already spoken about, and Fulgrim. This is one of those things where Black Library authors mention things in like slight passages and then never bring them up again. It's said that Abaddon gifts. Fulgrim, a vessel that allows him to create an avatar of Slanesh, and then this is just never mentioned. And so, uh, yeah, he, he kind of brings them all around over time. So, like, yeah, they're, they're all happy to serve him, and in, in theory, they're, they're, we actually know who Abaddon's dad is now, but there was always a theory that Abaddon was Horus's kind of clone son, and one of the reasons for that is, is, of course, his size, but the other thing is, he is phenomenally charismatic. And that's something that, like, Euron Blackheart doesn't have, who's often the person that people tell us to maybe take Abaddon's place. And if you've read the latest um, Huron Blackheart novel, you'll know Huron Blackheart barely has control of the Red Corsairs. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go too well. I still want him to clown on Lorgar, though. Yeah. I, I would, because yeah. the Black Legion do have that best of both worlds. Uh, you know, chaos is my weapon, oh. but then I'm not as... as directly well, I, linked to I it. I like the idea of, like, you know how, like, Gilliman has kind of been besieged on all sides, where it's like there's the Tyranids, there's the Godblight series, there was Magnus mm. being involved, blah, blah, blah. So to have Abaddon surrounded where it's like you're fighting the Ultramarines and the Dark Angels and Lorgar's men and Perdra, like, if there was just, like, a bit where the the, the, the friendships oh, and the alliances he forged were just breaking down and he has yeah. the biggest of all the warbands but he has he's surrounded like it would give the black legion a chance to actually have some really cool stories without progressing their war against the imperium and it's again um, that whole all the overlapping factions getting at each other's throats makes it prolonged. Well, yeah. and, like know. supposedly they besiege Comora. Like that could be such a long <laughs> series mm. of books at some point. But they, they they definitely need to. Sorry, what you talked about earlier, how I was talking about because I think you're totally right. They need to properly make it clear if Abaddon can take on a Primarch. So certainly to begin with, he was never the greatest source. He's never the greatest warrior, although he was very very good. But certainly not the swordsman of someone like Sigismund. Then we know he gets Dragnien, which is uh, just an OP weapon, it's stupidly powerful, and he gets loads and loads of gifts from Chaos. And to this degree, in fact, I talked to Colin about this the other day, one thing that is quite significant is when he fights Marnius Kalgar. 
the reason that's significant because if you are someone who used to Warhammer 40k, Marnius Kalgar used to be like the Imperium. He, he used to be the 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 poster boy of the poster boys. He was everywhere. It's, it's some very controversial statements about him. The main one being that he was sent to be the Leech Lord of the, the space spiritual Leech yes, Lord. Yeah. And yeah, so he, he and and Abaddon actually fights it. Like this, this, it's like 40k was building up to them fighting in terms of how the models were made and the art was made and all these kind of things. And they do finally fight on Vigilus, you know, the chapter master of the Ultramarines. Who is a more important character than the prime, except the Primarch of the Ultramarines? And not only does Abaddon win, which is a very 40k thing, the bad guy actually clearly wins, he also minces Marnie's Kalgar up when they actually <laughs> go through the fight. I think Kalgar gets in like two punches and then Abaddon tears him apart. And it's not just because of Dragnian, like the Tower of the Horus is um yeah he, he rips him apart as well with that and uh yeah because in the the talent of horrors it's like it imbues an aura of like because it's because it's wounded the emperor it's like a mm. special weapon where it's like there's something about it that's eerie and malevolent and it's uh, yeah talent of yeah. horrors is bad yeah i need yeah. to i need to i think we need to see abaddon um and the black legion themselves like in part like fight like what it would be the word bearers um just just to finish it off like the word bearers like complete fanatical devotion to chaos just to show them like how they are like the contrast between what is like yeah complete i want Abaddon to and kill then... Faron, and he's like i'm the only <laughs> one left now all the first captains are dead i'm the one left hooray i think um, it does seem yeah. like the dawn of fire series is kind of leading up to a big word word bearers kind of return because um yeah, like they are kind of. They, they, the books are kind of separate, but they're a consistent villain in a lot of them, like behind the scenes type thing. Yeah, we need like. We just need more novels in general for a lot of these yeah. characters because the uh, Black Legion ones are pretty, pretty good. And they have much more. Um, like a lot of the Chaos stories are often like. Ah, like it's how the gods corrupt them. But the Black Legion one is just like. They know they're the bad guys, but they do behave like actual space marines and they have like brotherhood and stuff like that so if you yeah, do I'm, uh, I'm a sucker for that <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you do like those listening if you do like um, that level of like brotherhood and stuff like that um, yeah just Black Legion are for you uh, does anyone have any like closing thoughts or statements they want on the Black Legion I guess uh, uh, on the Black Legion in a whole uh I very much enjoyed the trend of them being the fodder in <laughs> Warhammer games. I know. Uh, I, 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 do, I do apologize, uh, Ed. Bolt gun man, Malum Kato just sling around plasma yeah. blast and blow them to hell. Very fun. I, I do have a lot of sympathy for them because they obviously, being the bad guys as they are, they obviously have to lose most of the time yeah. but it's, it's it's a genuine writing challenge and i assume it's something that, that i always wonder what these conversations look like but around the the table as it were when black library talk they must have these conversations of how do mm -hmm. we have the black legion not win again but not look shit yeah because be the most intimidating said, legion but then yeah. their victories are like uh, they, oh, Cadia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but with uh, so with with that being said though you know i hope I'll extend the olive branch with the with the next half of what I was going to say. Uh, I, I know I'm. I 
inhabit the sillier side of making Warhammer content. Uh, and we'll continue to make fun of Abaddon and the Black <laughs> Legion. But that being said, uh, if anyone, if you play tabletop and you you run chaos, and everyone anyone goes like, you know, makes fun, of, you know, just, just makes fun of Abaddon in general, just play him on the tabletop, and they will stop laughing very quickly because he is a <laughs> blender. Uh, I don't believe. You know he's... what? My, my thing, my thing is as it is with everything, which is just. Read the books over reading the memes if you can. Right? Or watch you know, our videos. <laughs> or, or, watch, or watch videos because I think these things get so, so spun out. Like, you know, like the 30 Crusades is probably one of the best examples because it's, you know, it's explained multiple times why there are 30 Crusades and why they weren't all failures. But still, if you go up to any GW store and you say, it's happened on a big failure, but oh my God, yes. It's like, no, it's the book. Well, I will say, <laughs> as, as someone who has now finished all the Horus Heresy books and has almost done the Siege of Terror books and some other ones, Talon of Horus is still one of my favorite of all the books, at least the audio books. So I would say there's only two of the Black Legion books, I think, Talon of Horus, and then it's called Black Legion. Like, they're just a really interesting change of pace where it's, you know, it's a chaos story, but it's not moustache-twirling chaos per se. It's more... You get to understand the motivations of Abaddon and his crew, and it's a and it's a really really interesting uh, read or listen. So go and check out at least the Talon of Horus. It's really good. With a, at the, okay, at, the oh, me, at the very least, acknowledge when someone is making a joke. It's a joke. Don't take it as gospel. Mm. Like for the love of God, if you hear me make fun of them, I'm on my channel. I am making a joke. Warhammer is Warhammer to. is funny too like it's it's um caricature as well at, at some parts so yeah it, it, it is designed to for toy soldiers <laughs> yeah we're, we're like grown men talking about plastic toys yeah. so and you listening you're listening to four grown men talk about plastic <laughs> toys so who's the real what idiot it, what does that say about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> call you out everyone who's listening um with that being said um thank you ed uh thank you so much for joining us um if thank people you, are you listening to me simp for, for Abaddon, I hope I have served him well. I'm, I'm sorry. People I would say compelling, him. compelling <laughs> arguments. We, we needed someone to really come and do it. Uh, you know, we've got the Imperial. You, know you never so want four people on the podcast just agreeing with each other, right? That would, that would be fucking boring if it was just four oh, people. Oh, no. How, how great is Upgrade's good him, and he's so good. I love him. That's that. You know, it's not what you want. You want someone to. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. I'm here for Gilbert and the Elves. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you are listening and you somehow aren't familiar with his channel, it's uh, Sam Man of Terror. He makes really good uh, 40k content. Very, um, I would say the word, I think poignant in a way. Like you make um, content where like I don't think everyone else is talking about a lot of the topics that you cover. And uh, he's got a great channel. And You know what, I have this today actually where I do talk about some quite niche things. And so, like, I have, I've had quite a few comments where people were like, what fan fiction is this? And I'm just like, hey, this is real law. I didn't just, they wouldn't go just make these things up. So I have to cite my sources. So I don't know if I talk about anything now. Yeah. And um, go check his channel out. It's good. And hopefully we'll have him on um, again to, like, either represent or, like, attack uh, some of the factions, any factions you particularly hate <laughs> in the moment. Oh, you know, I. It's tough. There's not, there's, 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 this is the thing. I can enjoy most most factions. Um, yeah, the thing is, I love my friend. I have a fr 
very good friend of mine, Charlie, plays elves, and I, I do love to hate on them because yeah. it's just funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's no one I really dislike. I don't know. The second Legion. We'll go with that. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> good choice. Crowd <laughs> uh, pleaser. Um, thank you so much for listening and for watching. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed our little discussion slash foray into the Black Legion, the kind of poster boys of chaos uh, themselves. And uh, we'll catch you all hopefully next time. Again, check out uh, Sandman's channel; it's really good. And thank you all for listening. Peace. Bye. All right, take care, everyone. I love you. <laughs>